Hello. So I'm Darby. Uh, me and Jess help lead our children's ministry. Um, so yeah, I, I work for Focus, which is a campus ministry that partners with this church. And Jess is a student teacher. Yeah, I'm a teacher or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah, so we, re we lead the JAM ministry, which stands for Jesus and Me. This is something that is in our Northeast church that started in Garland and that we've continued the tradition of. And it's been so sweet to have so many babies that we've gotten to start the ministry. Um, and so today we're going to do baby dedication for one of our babies. How exciting. So um, what we're about to do is continue a tradition that has been going on throughout the history of this world. This tradition is dedicating our babies to God. We want to continue this tradition today at Denton North with our next set of a baby. Um, <laughs> You can tell it was written for multiple babies. Um, We're so, slowly, you know, moving up in the baby room. Yeah, we are. So um, one of our scriptures today is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. It's an awesome task that we get to bring children up to love and obey God so that they will carry on our Christian heritage once they leave our homes. The Denton North Church is dedicated to helping parents fulfill this responsibility. We are so serious about this commitment that we believe it is appropriate to continue this tradition of presenting our children to the Lord. We will now ask the parents to walk up and stand in front of the stage and introduce themselves and tell us who they're dedicating today. You want to do that one? Hi there, I'm Joshua. You guys know me. This is Ezra. He's already been dedicated, but he just wanted to come hang out and take part in it. <laughs> I'm Emily, and this is Ari. Um, so, the first three chapters of the Old Testament, book of 1 Samuel, relate the circumstance surrounding the birth, dedication, and calling by God of Samuel. In Samuel 1, 27 and 28, Hannah says, I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his life, he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. In Luke 2, 22, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him in the Lord. Yeah, in light of these biblical examples, um, if it is your intention to present uh, your baby to the Lord, please answer, we do, to the following pledges and promises, so the Robinsons. Do you recognize this child as a gift from God and thank him for this blessing? We do. <laughs> uh, do you this day dedicate this child to the Lord? We do. <laughs> do you pledge as parents to bring up this child and nurture and admonition of the Lord? We do. Okay. Do you desire the members of this congregation to help you in discharging your sacred responsibilities for this precious life? We do. Yes, okay. please. <laughs> um, and yeah, church, if y'all will please stand up and respond by saying we do as well. 
Um, yeah, stand up if you're able. Uh, as the Denton North family, do you promise God, these parents, and the children to participate in training them in the ways of the Lord? Do you commit to personally walk in God's way in order to be a living model of God's word? We do. Do you commit to support and encourage these parents to following God's design for family and child rearing? We do. And finally, do you commit to demonstrate to these children the love and discipline of Christ? We do. And then we're going to invite Kurt to come up and pray for us. Y'all are welcome to sit down. Um, If you will extend your hands towards our families as we pray over them. Guys, it really does take a village to raise these kids, and that's what we're about, okay? The Robinsons are there. They're their immediate uh, village, and uh, we are the bigger village, but we're all going to be working together along with the Robinsons and with the other children that God brings us and has here. Let's pray. God, we lift up Ari to you today um, and all of our children, Lord, and we thank you for bringing children into our lives and just loving them, Lord. We know that they're yours first, Lord, and that's why we dedicate it to you today, this young little one. And Lord, we just pray for the Robinsons and we pray for all of our families, Lord. We pray for our families now and we pray for our families in the future, Lord, that you're going to send us, that we will love these children like you love them, Lord. And I pray that none of these children will ever leave you, Lord, that they will be focused on you. And Lord, help us as a community to help the Robinsons and all of our families as we move forward. Help us to be Jesus like we talked about. Help these little ones to see evidence of Jesus in our lives all the time when they're with us, when when they're not with us. Just help us to love them. Lord, thank you for loving us first and helping us help. Thank you for bringing us children and thank you for bringing us families and thank you for each each person that's here lord help us to be the village that we need to be for them we love you in christ's name we pray amen good morning gosh what a fun morning to be here um I think that I could just say, we're going to be talking about our vision today, which is a place where hearts are turned to God and lives are changed. And I think sometimes that can be super hard to think about and super hard to put into action. Um, But if you're having trouble with that, I just want you to look into the eyes of one of the babies that we have here. And there's nothing that will motivate you to be who you need to be to show them Jesus so that their life will be changed as they grow up. And when you look at other people, whether it's people in this room or it's people that you work with or people you live close to, somebody at Starbucks, whatever that is, you know what? They were one of these little kids at one time. Look at them as God's child. Look at them as belonging to the Lord, and you won't have any trouble being a place where you can turn their heart to God and change their life, because he really does change our lives. My name is Leslie Rowe, and I'm on staff here at Denton North. 
And one of the things, well, first of all, before I start, I want to say one other thing, and that is that I would encourage you to listen very closely this morning because everything we've done this morning relates to what we're going to talk about here together. And I did not plan that. That tells me that the Holy Spirit has something he wants to do in our church this morning, something he wants to speak to us, both collectively and individually. And I don't say that lightly. It's not going to be because I'm going to preach a great sermon. That's not happening. It's going to be because the Holy Spirit is doing something here. So please look for what is the Holy Spirit doing in us together and what is the Holy Spirit doing for you personally this morning. One of the things we've done almost every year since we started Denton North Church is to take two Sundays in September and two Sundays in January to remind ourselves of our mission, our vision, and our values. Basically remind ourselves who God wants the Denton North Church to be here in Denton where he's planted us. And we communicate that through our vision and our mission and our values. And I wish that you could have been there when we talked and prayed about what these should say. Because it's really easy to figure out what God wants from us. But it's really hard to put that into words that communicate the emotion behind that. And that communicate the importance behind that. But we believe that taking the time to reflect on these and evaluate how we're doing is important. So this morning, I'm going to talk to you about our history as a church and our vision as a church. And next week, Josh is going to talk to you about our mission and our values. So for those of you that don't know, the Denton North Church is part of a greater family of churches called the DFW Metro Family of Churches. And that church started about 24, 25 years ago. I'm going to throw out some names as I go through this history, and some of you are going to have no idea who I'm talking about. And others of you are going to absolutely know who I'm talking about, and that's why I'm including those names in there. But like when I talk about the Worshams, for those of you who know Brandon and Casey and Kale and Brianna, I'm not talking about the ones you know right now. I'm not talking about they're married, they have kids. We're talking about they were still living at home with Ronnie and Tana. So we're talking a long time ago when we're talking about this. In a galaxy far, far away. In a galaxy far, far away. Absolutely. It's exactly what it feels like. So our family of churches was born out of a meeting to confess sin and pray together. And I think that's super important that you know that. It wasn't out of a meeting to say, hey, should we plant a church? It was out of a meeting where sin was confessed. And in November of 1997, a group of people that were just trying to follow God and where he was leading began to meet in a warehouse in Garland. And there were about 35 people in that group, including the Worshams, the Royals, the Rose, the Johnsons, the Draytons, the Mullings, the Rexes, and the Davises. So again, 
Brad, Garrett, Grant, Judy, and Les, they were not married. They were not leading ministries. They were still at home with their parents. In March of 1998, because we live in Texas and you need to have air conditioning in the summer and the warehouse had no air conditioning, we started looking for a new place to meet. And we got one of our members got a message on their phone saying there's a church called the Walnut Village Church of Christ that could really use somebody to rent space from them. We had no idea who this person was, like they left their name and we didn't know who they were. And we had no idea how they knew we were looking for a place to meet. So we met with the Walnut Village Church of Christ um, leadership and we began meeting in their building. They would meet in one area of the building, we would meet in the other area of the building. And this is where we picked up John, Marianne, and Mandy McWilliams, who is now Mandy Lanciani. We picked up Danny, Linda, and Tammy Welch, and the Van Hoosers, Thompsons, Judy O'Bright, and the Butlers. And shortly after we started meeting there, they decided to dissolve their church and become a part of the Northeast Church, and they gave us their building. That is what we call a God deal. People don't do that. That was orchestrated by God. They gave us their building. They only owed $25,000 on it, and we had a member that wiped that out immediately. So this tiny church of 25 people had been trying and struggling to pay the bills on that building, didn't know how they were going to continue doing it, and then God sent us there, and they were able to bless this group of people that was also trying to do what God wanted them to do with that building. And that is the Northeast Church building in Garland, where people have weddings, where people have funerals, where people gather for different celebrations, like maybe a graduation, and it costs them nothing. People from the community can use that building for the same reasons, and it cost them nothing because it was a gift from God. From the beginning, we were a church-planting church, and we planted a church in Plano as our first church plant. And one of the things we learned out of that church plant is that there's actually two churches being planted. There's the church that stays, and there's the church that goes out. And that was something we had to learn. And we wound up having to bring both of those churches back together. And then we were able to use what we learned the next time we planted a church. And so the next church planted was the Wiley Church, and then us, the Denton Church, and then Arlington. And then the last one we've planted was East Plano. We started Focus and UT, with UTD in Richland. And then from then on, we tried to attach campus ministries to each one of our churches so that they could support those ministries and the ministries could support the churches. We saved money each week for many years so that we could plant a church because church planting takes money. You need a place to meet. You need staff. You have all these uh, coffee and and communion and things that have to be taken care of. And so that money helped with that. 
We talked about it so people would have a vision for leading or for being involved in a plant. And so my question to you this morning is who here believes and is sold out to the mission Jesus gave us to go and make disciples that would be willing to participate in a church plant, either as the church that stays or as the church that goes. So what that means is who is willing to move to a new city? Who's willing to change jobs or to commute from a long distance? Who's willing to train in the cohort to become a minister for a new church plant? Who would be willing to stay here when your closest friends are going out to do another church plant? Who would be willing to have the first child in a church to start the church, the children's ministry there? Who's willing to step up their role in leadership when other leaders leave this to go out and plant somewhere else? Who's willing to maintain warm community when that community changes? Who's willing to give more so that we have the finances it takes to start a church like others have done for us? Who from this group has that vision? We all should have that vision because it takes all of us, whether we're staying or whether we're going, we need to be willing to do whatever it takes to follow the mission God has given us. Early on in being a church, we started a retreat and we held it in October every year. Now, it doesn't take much to figure out that October is really not the best time for a church retreat because there's this huge thing in Texas called football. And it involves football players, cheerleaders, band members, drill team. It's huge, and it takes a lot of people. And so we were really worried that that was going to compete with the church retreat. But you know what? Once we got started, nobody wanted to miss it. And we didn't have a whole lot of trouble with that being an issue. We stayed Friday night to Sunday. We had a Friday night session, a Saturday morning session. We had free time all afternoon, and then we had a Saturday night session, and we had a Sunday morning session. Now, any of you that were at the Denton North Retreat last year know you got off easy. We didn't have that many sessions at our retreat. Um, The first year we went, it rained the entire weekend. We played games, we talked and laughed, We made a mudslide down the backside of the place that we were meeting in. And when we went on retreat, all of the men and boys would stay in a dorm, and all of the women and girls would stay in a dorm. And we would stay up late, the kids included. We would eat way too much junk food, and we would have a great time just being outside and being together. And everybody loved it. Many of our ministers today gave their first talk at that retreat. And when I say ministers, I'm not talking about just people on staff. I'm also talking about ministers in the workplace. Let me give you an example of that. Our son Austin was asked by John Von Runnen to give the first talk he had ever given ever in his life at the retreat. And he would never have done that if John had not asked him. But now Austin works for the North Texas Food Bank. 
and he uses that skill he learned at the retreat to give presentations both locally and nationally for the food bank. He learned that at the retreat. He is a minister in the marketplace, just as many of you are as well. Last year, we had our first church retreat at DNC, and it was a great weekend. It did not rain. It was sunny and beautiful, and we had a great time being outside and playing games and connecting with God and connecting with each other and worshiping together, and it was a really, really fun weekend. It was rejuvenating, and it was encouraging. It was also the first time that we had shared um, with the whole church, our history as a church. And the feedback we got on that was, it was so good to hear that. Like, I never knew a lot of those things. And so as Josh and I were talking, we decided it's important for us to know our history as a church, to know the things that God has done to bring us to the point that we're at. And so at least once a year, we're gonna talk about our history like we're doing right now. This year, our retreat is March 25th and 26th. It's been in the newsletter for a few weeks now. The cost will be anywhere from $50 to $60, depending on what your um, room situation is like. So we will have some motel rooms. You can sleep up to four people in those. The less people you put in them, the more the cost is. And so that's where the fluctuation in cost comes in. This is so important to our values of deep relationships, warm community, and growing leaders. So please don't miss it. Put it on your calendar right now and protect those dates. Start saving $10 a month so that you'll have the money to do it when it comes around. And then plan to be there the whole time. We need everyone there. Yes. March 25th and 26th. And again, it's in the newsletter. Um, and if you don't get that, you need to sign up for that so that you know what's going on. As we've planted churches, our family of churches has stayed close. We share ministers, we share ministries, we share camps, we share members and money, and we share the Northeast building. We have all things in common. However, the, one of the things that we did is make each of the churches independent. And so while we may ask advice from other churches, it's ultimately up to the Denton North Church, what the Denton North Church does in Denton. So we're a family of churches, we support each other, but we don't run each other's churches, if that makes sense. We're free to do what's best for our church and our community. Many of us have long-standing friendships among all the churches, and there's not much we could need that someone among the family of churches wouldn't have. So it's been a great blessing for all of us to be part of that. DNC, in 2010, the focus ministry was started here in Denton, and Brad led that ministry. And in 2011, the senior staff of Northeast Garland and Wiley Northeast started talking about planting a church in Denton. They wanted to have a church that would support the students that were already here in the focus ministry. In 2012, Kurt 
and I decided to put our house on the market to be mobile and able to help with church plants. We did not know Denton was the next church plant. The elders asked us if we'd be willing to come to Denton, and I was like, oh, I thought the next church plant was Richardson. <laughs> so we started praying about that, and one of the things that really motivated us was that when, when uh, Kurt was in college, he and some friends were going to Galveston, and on their way home, they spent the night in Denton. And Kurt said, I just felt like God said to me, one day you will live here. One of the things I want you to hear about that is how long it was from the time he felt God say that to him until we actually were called to come here. God doesn't always work quickly. And sometimes he plants that seed in us so that we'll recognize it when the opportunity comes up. Since Brad was already living here in Denton, they asked him to lead the church plant as the senior minister. And Brad took that position with no pay and worked for several years with no pay. He assembled a team of people interested in being part of the church plant, and we began planning. And it was decided that the Wiley Church would be the ones to plant us, and so we were asked to attend the Wiley Church for the next year in preparation to be sent out. Remember that seed money I told you that Garland had been saving for many years? That seed money came to us to start Denton North. The Wiley Church took up a special contribution, and all of that money came to us to start the Denton North Church. And it carried us for the first probably six years that we were in existence because when we started, we had 20 non-student adults. Everybody else was students, and so we needed that money to help us get going and get some people graduated and staying here and working so we could actually have some money here. Another thing I want you to know is that John Von Runnen from the Wiley Church was here the morning we talked about finances earlier this year, and John called Josh and I actually he may have emailed us, and told us that the Wiley elders had met and wanted to support us with $1,000 a month for the next year. So I want you to hear that this is a church that is not here in Denton, that heard we had a need and felt so strongly about what we were doing here that they wanted to help. And they specifically gave that money so that Josh and I could pay for our health insurance for the next year. And so that's been a huge blessing both for our church and for us. And it wasn't, planting this church wasn't a one-time thing. We still get support in so many ways. They look out for us and they pray for us. I came along to do ministry and admin and Brad had a different idea and wanted me to be a co-minister with him. And so I started doing that role when we moved here to Denton. Um, Kurt was one of our elders along with the Wiley eldership because we were so young. And then here's a crew that helped start the church when we started meeting in Denton. Brad, Chelsea, Les, Judy, Don, Debbie, and Sarah. Les and Judy drove from Plano every 
week, and Don, Debbie, and Sarah drive from Frisco still every week. Ryan Plache moved here. The Walton family moved here. Chris and Amanda Rolleder, Danielle Durbis, Al Pickering, Danielle Rodriguez, who's now Danielle Clark, Matt Wills, Grant Trotter moved here, Melissa Kenfield, Matt Clark, Tom Kuasong, Glenn Lanier, Paul Piepenbrock, Brian Salcedo, Anna Finout, Becca Carell, Joseph Kaminsky, Albert Rodriguez, Sarah King, and Miriam Craney started this church. So we had a group that planned and came up here for a plant, and we had a group that were already here as part of focus, and that's what I just read off to you were both of those groups together. We met on campus once a month in 2013. We moved to Denton in 2014, Kurt and I did, and after we moved to Denton in August of that year, we started meeting weekly at the Martin Luther King Rec Center. We wanted to serve the community, and the Martin Luther King Rec Center provided a wonderful connection to the community. We were able to help them with their haunted house, their Easter, their Christmas, they did a Thanksgiving dinner for seniors, and we were able to be connected to the community for those events because of the Martin Luther King Rec Center. We also went door to door in the neighborhood and just said, hey, we're here, wanna know if we can do anything to help you. Can we rake leaves? Can we carry off trash? What can we do for you? And by the way, can we pray for you? Um, COVID kind of put a kink in a lot of that. And one of the things I'm super excited about is that we are about to reconnect with the Martin Luther King Rec Center. And so you saw um, probably in our newsletter and on Mighty Networks that there was an event they did last weekend that had to do with Hispanic Heritage Month. And we were able to send volunteers to help out with that. And there'll be much more of that coming You'll have a whole lot more notice about the next events that come up we can help with. Um, but that's something that I think is going to be really fun and really exciting to get to be a part of and get to be a part of the community around the space where we meet. We later added Don as a elder, and then we added Josh to our staff at the beginning of 2021. And then Brad made the decision to step down at the end of 2021 to concentrate on the pastoral cohort, although he remains a vital part of leadership here at DNC. We brought Garrett on, a, on staff for a year to help us through that transition. Fast forward from when we first started DNC until now. Now we have 90 plus non-student adults made up of married couples and single professionals we have babies and toddlers, and we have lots of college students. So look what God has done with a little bitty group. Look at how many people are here this morning. This is what God has done in our community. So our vision, a place where hearts are turned to God and lives are changed. I want you to think for just a minute about the first time your heart was turned to God. Just think for a minute about the first time your heart was turned to God. How did that change your life? I'm going to give you just a few minutes, not a few minutes, a few seconds to think about that. And then I want you to think about the last time your heart was turned to God. 
Because our hearts aren't turned to God one time. They're turned to him over and over again. It's the reason we meet together on Sunday. This should be a place where we leave with our hearts turned back to God. And when anyone's heart is turned to God, whether it's yours or it's someone that you get to share Jesus with, your life or their life will be changed. And our vision is for people to have their heart turned to God for the very first time and also for people that have wandered away from God to have their heart turned back to him and for those of us that are walking with him daily just to have that reminder of who he is so our hearts return to him over and over again. Peter is one of the first people I think of when I think about having your heart turned to God and your life changed. Jesus asked Peter who he said he was, and Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied back to him, blessed are you. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Can you imagine how good that felt for Jesus to say that to him? His life had been changed. And then in Mark chapter 8, it says that Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Can you imagine the arrogance of rebuking Jesus? Like, I can't even fathom that. But Peter, yes, Peter, good Peter, I love Peter, um, he was ready to rebuke Jesus. And Jesus looks at him and says, get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Peter needed to have his heart turned back to God. In Matthew 26, Jesus tells Peter that before the rooster crows, he will deny him three times. And Peter's reply is, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. But he does. He does. And just as Peter was denying Christ for the third time, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord has spoken to him, and he went outside and wept bitterly. I don't know if you guys have ever been in that spot, but I have. Where I've done something, and the Lord looks at me, and I weep bitterly because I know I've messed up. I know I've hurt him. In Acts chapter 1, we start to see a different Peter. A Peter whose life is starting to be more consistently changed. Whose heart is starting to be more consistently turned to God. Jesus said to the apostles, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And so they waited, and that gift of the Holy Spirit came on them. And the first act of the Holy Spirit was enabling them to speak other languages. So Peter takes advantage of this situation to explain the good news about Jesus to the crowd. And he tells them plainly, 
You, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. You, look what you did. And the next verse says, But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. What Peter said was, look what you did. And then he said, but look what God did. Look what God did. And we see the result of this sermon that Peter preached to them. 3,000 were added to their number that day. Peter went on to speak to a crowd of onlookers after he healed a lame man. He addressed the Sanhedrin along with the high priest and others from his family. Ultimately, he was killed for his testimony about Jesus and his refusal to stop speaking about him. This Peter who constantly failed to understand Jesus, who missed the point of his teaching throughout his ministry, who denied him not one time but three times, and then deserted him when he was being crucified. But here's the thing about Peter. Peter never gave up. He continued to run back to Jesus. He continued learning, and the same Peter had the courage to witness about Jesus to this huge crowd. What had changed about Peter? How was he able to speak to all these people so effectively? The Holy Spirit. Jesus told him to wait for the Holy Spirit. That is the transformative work of the Holy Spirit. No wonder Jesus told them to wait. Peter turned his heart to God, not just once, but over and over again. And his life and the lives of many others were changed. The last thing I want to point you to is the parable of the lost son in Luke chapter 15. One of the things that I think is so powerful about this parable is that I am the lost son. You are the lost son. All of us are the lost son. And our father's reaction to our sin, when we realize what we've done and we repent and we turn back to him, is complete and total forgiveness every single time. And if you go this afternoon and you read that story of the parable of the lost son, one of the things that you'll see is that it says, so the son returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. God doesn't wait for us to get all the way back to him, but he runs to meet us when we turn back to him and seek his forgiveness. Why? Because he wants us. He loves us. And that should be good news for you. 
That should be good news for you if you have gone away from God and you've done the most horrible thing you can think of and think that there is no hope for you. There is hope for you. Jesus died to give you hope, and God loves you and wants you back. So come running back to him and let him run to you. The father in this story says, We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. What sweet words those are. He was lost, but now he is found. Guys, one of, some of the reasons I think that we are hesitant to share the gospel with people is because we either see them as people that have it all together and we think they don't really need Jesus, or they've gotten themselves into some mess and we think they don't deserve Jesus. If we think that way, who is Jesus for? He's for all of us. We're accustomed to finding a catch in every promise, but Jesus' story of extravagant grace does not include a catch in it. It's almost too good to be true. There's no loophole that disqualifies us from God's love. Henry Nouwen says, God rejoices not because the problems of the world have been solved, not because all human pain and suffering have come to an end, no, God rejoices because one of his children who were lost have been found. So my question is, are you actively living out this vision of having your heart turned to God and your life changed and of allowing other people to have their heart turned to God and their life changed? Do you come to church on Sunday seeking to have your heart turned to God? Do you come to church on Sunday seeking to help someone else have their heart turned to God? Do you go into the workplace with that idea? Do you go to class with that idea? Do you interact with your neighbors that live around you with that goal and that idea? Maverick City Music in the Upper Room wrote a song together called I Thank God. And one of the lyrics from it says this, From now till I walk the streets of gold, I'll sing of how you saved my soul. This wayward son has found his way back home. He picked me up. He turned me around. Placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior. Because he healed my heart. He changed my name. Forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, oh, I thank God. So let's go back to those first questions I asked you. Think about when your heart was turned to God for the first time. Think about the last time your heart was turned to God. Your answer to those questions matters. If you believe your heart doesn't need to be turned to God because you have it all together and you're doing fine on your own, or if you believe he can't forgive you or that you're just too lost, the parable of the lost son is very good news. And when we have a good idea of how Jesus has changed our lives, then we're excited to share with others that he can change theirs too.
it reminds me of when Jesus said, whoever has been forgiven little loves little, and whoever has been forgiven much loves much. If you aren't sure Jesus can forgive you, if you aren't sure God is good, if you don't feel you've been given, forgiven very much, don't just stay there in that place. Ask someone to help you know Jesus better. Jesus said, when you seek me with all your heart, then you will find me. Paul said, you can know how wide and long and high and deep the love of Christ is. There are plenty of people around you this morning that would be happy to introduce you to Jesus or to reintroduce you to him that would be happy to study the Bible with you to see what it tells us about Jesus, that would ha be happy to tell you about how he's changed their life, all you need to do is ask. So let's be a place where we tell people about Jesus, where we point people to him, where we say, I don't know what's going on in your life and I don't know why it's going on. But meet someone that I trust. Tell people he sees you, he cares, he wants you, and he will change your life. Let's be a place where hearts are turned to God and lives are changed. Let's pray. God, I'm so grateful for the people that helped me turn my heart to you and changed my life. And the people that have done that over and over again. And the people that have stood with me when it's been really hard. And haven't let me turn away. I thank you for accepting me back like you did the lost son. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for running to meet me and wanting me. And I thank you for that for everybody here this morning. And I just pray that we would be people who seek you with all of our heart and that turn our lives back to you over and over again and that help one another do that. Help us to work as a community together to make sure that no one is left behind. And we just pray, God, that as our hearts are turned to you and our lives are changed, that we'll share that with other people and their lives will be changed by Jesus as well. We're so in awe of you, and we love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What's up? How's it going, guys? Here's some things. We've got a few different things, a longer list than normal, of, of ways you can be engaged in our community over the next few weeks, so listen up and don't miss these. Firstly, I have this analog version that Kurt handed me on my way up here. Um, disco dance night with Don and Kurt. What's the? Just kidding. The Shepherd's Prayer Night. This is an event we have once a month, um, and unfortunately, this is on Thursday nights. It's the best way that it works, which means it's going to be tough for students to come on the weeks that y'all have TNF, so very sorry about that. But if there's ever time that y'all don't have TNF, you're very welcome to come. And all the adults who don't have that and get to miss out on having something fun on Thursday nights, you can come to this. This is on October 6th, which is Thursday evening at 7 p.m. at the Hollingsworth House. There'll be more details in the newsletter this next week. But this is something we do every, every month.
we come together and pray for things in our city, in our community, in our country, and just go to the Lord in prayer together. And we just spend an hour doing that once a month. So don't miss that. The next thing is right after church is the ladies' craft lunch. Details behind me. Yeah. If you, uh, yes, VNS right over there. Oh, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> Very important. You might bring something you can't eat on accident. If you have any questions about that and you just are hearing about it right now, VNS right over there in the corner here, and it's at her house, and you can ask her and find out where it is and all that stuff, but info behind me here. Don't miss that. It's going to be super fun. Also, this evening is the Spark event, which is from 4 to 8. Woohoo! Details behind me here. If you are just now hearing about this as well, there are going to be some people who carpool together. So if you want to get some information about that, you can talk to Ryan Plache right here. Raise your hand, Ryan. Um, and this is an event for our 20s and 30s folks in the transition time of like college into just the next couple of decades of weird transition into adulthood. So this is going to be a really fun event. You've heard us talk about it. If it's your first time hearing about it, you can ask some of our leaders more details about it. Um, also, this next week is we're going to help the Dolores' move. Where are the Dolores' at? Hey, oh, that's right. Yeah. So the details behind me here, you can text Nate if you can help, and they're going to provide some food to thank you for helping. And they're just moving around Denton. Some of you guys, about 20-something of you, are realizing, like, wait, we have a meeting scheduled that day. And we already thought of that. So you can go after the meeting that we have. So if you're one of the leaders who has a meeting on Saturday, you can go help join us in helping the Doloreses after our meeting. But let's go help them move from place to place. I think this is like the 16th move the Doloreses have had this year. And so let's help it be the final one, right? Yeah, no more moves. <laughs> so you can text Nate if you can help. And just let's, let's make this, you know, many hands make light work. Let's make this easy. Moves suck. They, they're hard. But let's make it easy. Um, the next thing is something cool that one of our cohorts is starting named Mitch. And he's starting a greeting team, which we've had a couple of times in our church. And we had one going pretty good. And then a certain virus kind of like wrecked it a little bit. So... We're going to get that going again, and uh, if you're someone, we all know how to greet people, we all know how to welcome people, so if you want to help sign up for that, and you can just do one week a month, or two weeks a month, or whatever, please use this QR code behind me, or go to DentonNorthChurch.com slash welcome team, so that we can get some volunteers together and organize um, some people to greet people. Sometimes we know who we know, and we just talk to people that we know, and we want to make sure we catch people who are new, and help them know how they can get connected in our church, and just uh, make sure they feel welcome. So please do that. That's something all of us are qualified to do. And the last thing is our giving. You can give a one-time or recurring gift on DentonNorthChurch.com slash donate. You can also give on our Venmo. And Leslie said it better than anybody could say it, just the importance of our kingdom vision about giving. We want to help resource our church here now, our city here now, and also the kingdom of God here now and in the future. And so those are the things we want to really prioritize in our giving. I'm going to say a short prayer, and then uh, the worship team is going to come up and do another song and give us another opportunity to turn our hearts toward God together today. Lord, thank you so much for this chance just to hear about the work that you've been doing, the people that you've been moving through, the lives that you've been changing. Thank you for changing our lives. Thank you for changing my life. Uh, Lord, help us just to be a church who keeps that in the front of our minds every day, realizes the, the change that you've made in our lives and how important that is and how much we want to offer that to others. Lord, you're so good to us. Um, help us just turn our hearts toward you daily. In your name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. 
And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.